Hello, senor. Hello, Hello sir. Time. What are you doing? Juggling, dude. Juggling. Burning candles. 12 candles. You got enough to three balls yet? Mm, are you still uh, juggling, too? Yeah, no, I'm still uh, just juggling, too. It was always the thing when we were in college and there's some, some kid could juggle or whatever. And you're always like, oh, that looks really easy. And you go start it and you're just like, okay, the trick is to just get past thinking about it. You know, but uh, three was definitely harder than two. That's for sure. <laughs> there's so much, so much. Double layered entendre in there, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah. you were doing in college was a lot different than me. Well, <laughs> Yeah, it was a lot of fun, everybody. So if you're young and getting ready to head off in that direction, yeah. I had a lot of fun. You know, did I ever tell you my uh, – I'll quickly – I was in a, I was at a very small school in uh, Fort Worth, Texas called Texas Wesleyan College. Now The University preacher school, Texas. right? Like to learn how to be a preacher? No. No, it was just a Methodist school. <clears throat> and uh, um, I um, – I, uh, we, we came into campus, there were, you know, it was a small school, like, I don't know, it was 1,500 people maybe in the whole school. And um, it was, um, there was, a, there were only three frats on the entire campus, right? And so all three frats, we decided as a group of freshman dudes, like 30 of us, that we were going to pledge to one fraternity together. And the frats were not like you see on the big college campuses. It was very friendly, very small, lots of fun, whatever. And so we thought we'd leverage our strength and combine together and make them really, you know, work for us and then have some control. Well, there was one frat on campus that was almost dead. There were literally three guys left in the frat and, but they had a house, like they had this big old three-story friggin' house, right? Oh yeah. We're all, like, we're all like, oh God, oh God, oh God. Yeah. So, but we decided that this other frat had more money and was rushing us harder. And so we, we were going to join them and we told the three guys and, and literally two of the guys like broke down in tears because they had spent like the entire last year and that summer, like rebuilding their house. And they had, they were counting on us. Right. And one of the guys said to us, he said, why, why would you go to a frat that has, you know, I don't know, had hundred people, whatever. Why would you go to a frat? that has all these people and all these people in place when we're both seniors and in one year, all of you guys will have control of an entire fraternity. And we were like, Oh shit. That's right. We, we would have control. Actually, we wouldn't even have to wait for you guys to be gone. So we took over the house and we joined. Let me guess. Frat. Let me guess real quick. Delta house. No, <laughs> it could have been sig <laughs> apps, but here's the crazy shit. Half of the guys in our, in our group went to work for the local Budweiser distributor. There was a tap on almost every wall of that house. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. It was, uh, it was, it yeah. Was so crazy. like when you went in the kitchen, it was like hot, cold beer. <laughs> Everywhere. We're cooking with Fucking beer out here. We're cooking with kegs, beer. Kegs yeah. Everywhere. So then we became the party house. Like, all, the other two frats were just like dead. They're all tight dudes. Yeah. yeah. All the girls came to our frat. All the girls came to our frat. It was fun. Anyway, story nobody so gets that like kind of but... story you tell around the, the Christmas dinner table with the wife and kitties. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. My girlfriend was a little sister. Uh, so it was it was fun. It was fun. Anyway. Definitely good times. Yeah. So kind of crazy, uh, crazy day. Crazy, crazy day right now, Joe. Uh well, crazy since last night. Uh, so I, I, I'm not, I'm not giving out any uh, big news to anybody that's not been asleep until this moment. Um, SBF is in custody in the Bahamas. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about based that. I on the PCI prints, I forgot about SBF. Oh yeah, based on, um, based <laughs> on uh, his. Oh look, he's on the TV behind you. Um, yeah, they're just wall-to-wall hearings about, oh my God, you know, it's like somebody made the railroad comparison and the mortgage comparison, and then some congressman goes up to say, well, that doesn't mean we didn't stop investing in railroads and we didn't stop investing in mortgage securities, but this was just too much, you know, the debts of crypto. I'm just like, what the, f 
you know, it's just, it's humorous, man. It's funny. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Exactly. Uh, well, here's, here's what I just tweeted a minute ago on that topic. Exactly. It's funny. You should say that. So I said, members of Congress aren't doing anything to boost their image. Institute yeah. financial punishment for infractions, repeating shit said five other times in the hearing, stating the obvious, ignorant, pontificating, pontificating, pontificating on the topic, not asking a question and letting Brad Sherman speak. Those would, should all be punishable financially or, you know, <laughs> shock collars. I don't know. But, you know, anyway. Yeah. Well, Niblet says there's one guy happy about SBF, Doquan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, look, this is the whole thing we talk about. You lay low. You get your lawyers up. Get somewhere where you can't be dragged in. And then <laughs> wait for the next event. And so he here's Doquan had... just chilling. And, like, all of a sudden, boom. He could have had two years of fucking freedom, a leverage to negotiate, but instead he goes on a fucking media tour confessing everything and just made, look, I, I've been tweeting for the last few weeks to everybody freaking out that he's not arrested yet, that he wasn't going to be arrested yet, that financial investigations take months, years to do. And he went out. And the prosecutors are just like, yeah, let him keep speaking. Yeah, keep going. Keep fucking talking, you idiot. Well, thank um, God. I think I heard one congressman say today, thank God the whole thing was on QuickBooks or it'd be a total mess. I think that's what Brad Sherman said. And I'm like, the whole thing was on QuickBooks. That's interesting. And then I heard a fucking congressman say, I'm going to make a resolution to rename cryptocurrency cryptocurrency. Yeah. I was like, are you, are, are you fucking... In Congress, seriously, dude. I mean, really. I mean, it's just fucking embarrassing. It's just it, there was like zero value from those hearings. They should have yeah. let the, they should have let Ray speak, sum up everything, submit the five questions that the every one of them asked over and over again, and stop wasting everybody's fucking time because I, it's just they're pitiful. They're all so well, pitiful. You know, what's interesting to me, again, I just come back to Sequoia, SoftBank, you know, all those groups of due diligence. And, you know, and, and I, when I say it's being run on QuickBooks, I mean, that's not a compliment. No, you know, that's of course a, like, not. What the fuck are you the doing, dude? billion dollars on fucking QuickBooks. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure what Chuck means. Imagine by the poor guy that was supposed to keep it up to date. Yeah, I mean... Um, look, I, I don't know what you, I mean, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. I mean, how many incidents? But, um, you know, you can't really lay low for that. I guess, you know, you could look at that whole Me Too movement space and be like, I don't know if Kevin Spacey fits in the Me Too strictly, but, you know, talking about sexual assault type stuff, I think. And, you know, waiting for the next one. It's kind of like it seems like it was all interrelated. But here, I think with Doquan and, and all the other crew of, of, of all of those groups, you know, Sesta, all of them, you know, I think this type of SBF does shield them because it just looks like colossal shit show that was, yeah. you know, had all the leading VCs in it. Yeah. And that's what I find so, um, you know, disconcerting in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, what is he saying? Does, he says, do you think SBF testifying today with Maxine Waters is the reason he got arrested yesterday? No, I don't. I, I, yeah, think I don't he think got so arrested. either. I don't. Yeah, you know, there's there's nothing he hasn't already disclosed, you know, that he would have disclosed there. So I don't look at it. I think it's just a flaunting. I think, they, I, I know, think they had all the incriminating evidence they needed. I think that there was a race between uh, the Southern District of New York and the SEC and CFTC. They wanted to be first in and Southern District got the grand jury impaneled and got the indictment and said, let's fucking go. You know, I, I think it was a race to be the first one. And I love that fucking Gensler came in second because that cracks me the hell up. Well, yeah, and particularly this one, because this was, you know, this was the one that had all the inside people on the panels and boards and advisory sections so that it implied legitimacy and implied safety it implied crypto for trade fight types, crypto for normie types. It implied insured It implied all of these things. That just looking at by who was there and and it gets gutted yeah. so you know i mean the other ones that got in trouble obviously they you know were doing something different yeah. but to me this is the one that was you know supposedly trying to be the regulated one and i think that's what's so troubling so again back to 
decentralization. Yep. Number one. Here's speaking of decentralization. Here's something that's really interesting. Uh, this is from Eleanor Terrett, and she's giving credit to Liam Crypto SEO. Page six of the complaint against SBF by the CFTC definitively calls Ether and Tether commodities. Mm, that's interesting. Very interesting. Like really, really, really interesting. Um, that they would go that far. Now, this could be just one-upmanship trying to gain territorial advantage by the CFTC to um, basically yeah. say, no, SEC, this one's ours. You're fucked. You know? But I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. But the fact that they would declare it is, uh, is, is good for the space. So, now, uh, Niblet says, this is a game the tech bros don't know how to play in the Bannisters do. This is why some we might be barristers. Barristers. Yeah. Barristers. Uh, this is why some crypto folks are going to jail when all the 08 crooks got bonuses. Yeah, that's for that's for damn sure. Like nobody went to jail for 2008, um, and a whole crop of folks are going to go to jail here. At least SBF, and I think that you know he's going to turn on everybody and uh, try to get some other folks to go down with him and reduce his sentence. But we'll see what happens. His yeah, poor parents bearing down 185 years, yeah, just on the yeah. first batch of charges. Which I find intriguing. I mean, just, you know, I get it. You know, you got to deter this type of activity. But, like, what was Epstein staring down? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you look, know, I what think. Was Kenneth Lay staring down? 30? Yep. You yep. know, so to me, I don't know. I mean, you just got to, I'm saying, be friggin' careful. This is why you don't do a token generating event in the US. Because yep. when you get securities laws in place, they're there for a reason. Um, and they're the easiest ones to just throw at, throw the book at you with. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, look, I mean, uh, we all look, it was obvious he was going to jail and it was just going to be a matter of time. And he just made it easy. He, he just, yeah. he just made it easy. And, you know, it's back to that old crypto arrogance shit. You know, I, I, my shit doesn't stink. And the, the people I feel sorry for, or two of the people I feel sorry for, I obviously feel sympathy for everyone that lost money in this whole thing, but his are his parents. Um, and, yeah. you know, I know that'll piss off some uh, conservatives in the group, but, you know, these are two people that had standing reputations at Stanford and throughout the educational community. Um, they were contributing philanthropically to a lot of things prior to him having money and giving them money for their charities. Um, they were well regarded and respected. They're now out, right? Their careers are over. And one of the, the father was actually on the payroll uh, of FTX, but it wasn't in a capacity of knowing what the fuck and how the numbers were run or anything else. He was doing promotional work, whatever. But the fact that, um, you know, at some point, this guy's got to feel at least some level of guilt that he just devastated and destroyed his parents because you know looks they may have some money but but this is going to wipe them out because they yeah. are attorneys um they'll have nothing and now they have no jobs right and so it's just, uh, it's just yeah that's a tough one man parents running around talking up their kid and um and then he screws them um it's got to be embarrassing Eamon says, Eamon says, I kind of wonder if it is him asking Bahamian people to get him out of needing to go to the Senate to testify. Nah, I, I don't think so. The, you know, the order came from the Southern District of New York yeah. um, with the arrest warrant, and that's why the Bahamians went out and grabbed him. So Yeah, I think isn't there an issue in the U.S. with, like, when you, a lot of times congressional testimony can't be used against you in certain circumstances. So the Southern District of New York was probably thinking, we got to pull the trigger on this now because we can't. Oh, that's happen. a good point. So that might have been why they did it. That's but, a really uh, good but as point. you said, it was about an arrest order from them before the fact. They're asking the Bahamians to to apprehend him. So I don't think that that would it went. I don't think that's the issue this time, Eamon. Yeah, Niblet says, "What are the differences between crypto tokens and things like Starbucks points? Is it just that points aren't tradable and only redeemable?" Yeah, I mean, I would say that's it. flyer yeah. miles. Yeah, yeah. I there mean, you go. I mean, in terms, though, of the difference between those and Pokemon cards, um, there is no difference. So anyway. Yeah, I uh, think, the most, you know, this is look, this we've been talking about this, these issues for five years. 
Right. And it's still, you know, I think the only thing that we have clarified is that perhaps that Bitcoin's not a security. <laughs> well, and look, I think this is the reason. Is I think the reason Gensler doesn't want there's two reasons Gensler doesn't want to clarify regulatorily about crypto, even though he knows intellectually it's different, mm -hmm. is number one, it makes it easier for him to go after people and score points. And, and the incentives are to score points, right? How many fines can I get? How many people can I get in jail? How many prosecutions? How many deals can I get? Right. Number two, well, we'll make it three. Number two is he doesn't want anything on the record. That's why he always wants to settle every charge. Um, but, you know, the, the third thing here is they they can't afford to have the clarity of the regulations become a discussion because then there's the potential to upset every aspect of the way securities are enforced because the people in this space, the attorneys in this space are, are going to lobby and, re and argue that other things like frigging Pokemon cards can be treated the same way. And so you don't want that on the table if you're Gary Gensler. You, you, you don't want that discussion to be had in court because you know, it could impact everything else you're supposed to be doing in the job. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, I think the hard part is too, that, you know, no matter what it is, you can turn it into a security by how you, I guess, sell it, <laughs> you know, or I guess raise money, you know, right there, security. Right. Um, so I think that some of the underlying technology you know, protocols aren't securities, but maybe they did something to make them a security in the U.S. regulatory framework. And that's what makes it so confusing to me, um, that it's almost like it's better to just amnesty everybody that did any kind of remote, like turn it into security by how you raise the money thing, and then go and look at the tech and declare, are these securities or not? Right. You know, not based upon what you did, but on what it is. I think that's the only way we clear through this mess. Yeah, but, but the yeah, but the problem is that's not their incentive. Their incentive is I, prosecutions, you know. It's not the incentive of the law firms either, you know, because yep. they want billable hours or the financial yep. planners or the you know yep. consultants. Yep. It's you know, everybody wants to keep it a mess. Yeah, Otherwise, I mean, why would you have a flat tax in the US? If you truly cared about people and consumers and investors and protecting them, then you would say, here are the clear-cut rules for how cryptocurrency projects should issue tokens, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? If you actually cared and believed what you say, that you think the technology should be supported, then that's what you would do. But yeah. that's that, again, is not the incentive. The incentive is Gensler wants to become Secretary of Treasury, and every attorney at the SEC wants to burnish their reputation and career and show how strong they were and how many prosecutions they got and how many points they scored either for their government career or so when they go into private practice uh, on the other side of the equation. And it just nobody has a motivation to actually like, you know, help yeah. people. You got to get some notches on your gun belt before you go exactly. to the private sector. You know, exactly. You got to exactly. take down some targets. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Niblet says frequent flyer miles are the only profit centers for airlines. Lots of gray between crypto and points and currencies. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's interesting. Yeah. The only thing I was thinking when, you, when we're just talking about Pokemon cards and, you know, that if, if someone's buying a token because they think it's going up in value, you know, it's a security. <laughs> Um, because anybody that thinks it could go up in the value turns it like cards. Think about yeah. you know, Pokemon cards. But points in Starbucks points, they don't fit that criteria, you know, because nobody expects it to go up in value. It is what it is. That's a good point. That's right? a very so good point. I never yeah. thought of it that way before. That is um, a good yeah, point. Yeah. I mean, look, it's just a mess. And it, but when you take that mess and throw it on top of people that are like spending customer money and breaking all the fundamental rules. Um, that just makes us all look bad. Of course. And so course. I, I do want this to be cleaned up properly. And, you know, so we can get to the real stuff. I mean, does this remind you of like, I mean, do you think this is like Cryptopia so much smaller? But, you know, right. to me, at the end of the 18, 17, 18 cycle, the Cryptopia was kind of the nail in the coffin for me. In the sense, it was just like after the Thanksgiving Day massacre or close to Thanksgiving Day. And then the Cryptopia thing in January, it was just like, to me, it was a capitulation moment where I was just like, fuck this shit. Um, and I wondered, is this SBF? Is that what people feel like? 
you know, um, maybe the newer cycle people, is this the capitulation moment for them? And I, I kind of, you know, if finance can just stay clean, I think it is. So I think it is kind of the beginning of the end. Um, Chuck's, sure. We'll see. Chuck said many jurisdictions have issued those guidelines and rules. Gibraltar FTC did it five years ago. The SEC isn't doing it because TradFi's survival instinct says this would be their death sentence. Well, that's a, that's a that's really valid point. point. You know, yeah. well, look, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about getting to decentralization, right? So um, that's, that's the critical thing. Now, you just brought up uh, Binance and the FUD is flying fast and furious between uh, Bitcoin maxis who want to see anything that isn't pure Bitcoin go down. Right. Somebody should ask them where they're going to buy their Bitcoin uh, after if it does. Um, well, it's not just limited to that, though. It's limited to fiat markets, too. You know? Exactly. They want those all gone, too. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, of course, everybody is spreading. Look, here, here's an example. Eamon, why are people running on Bitcoin Binance now? I've seen stuff about a money laundering charge and a potential run on the Binance Bank. So on the money laundering charge, yeah, there was a story yesterday saying that yeah. potentially there could be charges. Um, but that doesn't mean the, the, the exchange shuts down. It just means that people get charged um, and the exchange gets charged, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the whole thing gets shut down. Yeah, they, they might find one person in there that was facilitating this who becomes the um, scapegoat. Yeah. Sacrificial lamb. I mean, they're yep. dirty. They did it, but they're the ones that get thrown out to the wolves. Exactly. But for the most part, it's not an exist uh, going concern issue for Binance at that right. point. Right. And Thank then the Binance know. bank run, uh, Eamon is, uh, just a bunch of fucking inf influencers all making everybody panic from Mike Alfred to other people all yelling and screaming and telling everybody to get their money out of Binance. And there is zero, like zero evidence that, that there is something going on there. Now, um, my is tweet it a standard about this, central exchange complaint, like you shouldn't have it on sexes or is it well, Binance course. is imploding? No, it's everybody, no, they're, they're making the claim that Binance is going to implode. Right. Oh. And that's and, and, and it feels I, I don't think it is, but it certainly feels like a real concerted effort by a group of folks to to fucking try to take down Binance. I don't know if it's people that are, you know, that lost a lot of money on FTX and they're just pissed that everybody else still has theirs. I don't know if they truly believe somehow they have some insights to to it that that somehow Binance is in trouble. But um you know, but my tweet about it uh, uh, brought um, um, Sean out of detox. So, you know. Oh, that's right. That. He's out planting trees, right? Yeah. He, he, he always thinks I'm somehow thinks CZ is a hero. I have zero worship of CZ. I think he's done a great job running his business. I think he's a good businessman. I have no reason to doubt his ethics at this point um, until I see evidence otherwise. Um, and I think he has brilliantly built a multi-thousand, multi-billion dollar business in five years um, that most people couldn't pull off. And so the interesting thing today was there was this posted um, by CL207. Yeah. Binance has $62.5 billion in cold wallets. $62.5 billion in cold wallets. Take away the nine billion of that that is in B and B, and you're still looking at fifty three billion dollars in cold wallets. That's not money that's moving around. It's not money that's you know. It's all customer assets. So, you know, there may be liabilities there. CZ claims there aren't, and even if there are, I think it's a big fucking stretch to say there's fifty three billion dollars worth of liabilities against this against this exchange. Well, look, and, dude. If it, no, first let me say one thing. I like that he's showing the number, but here's the big point. If he's saying that 62 billion in customer deposits, there's 62 billion in customer liabilities on the other side of the balance sheet. So there is no uh, cushion there. Um, if this was treasury holding or reserves. Well, we don't know what, what this matches up with, but I agree. Oh, I thought you just said it was customers. I'm sorry. My bad. No, I'm just saying that that's, that is certainly customer funds. I just don't know if there's, I don't know if the, in that number is also Binance funds. I have no idea. I, I don't know. I would hope you, that there's more. Yeah, I would too. Of course. For, for Binance. I, but what I like is, I mean, look, it's a start, but we got to see the other side of the um, financial statements too. We got to see the liabilities to really understand it. Now, if I'm CZ, I'm sitting there going, 
whatever environment I'm in, regulatory regime I'm in, if it, you know, I'm going to try to be in one that's not requiring that. So he's in a situation where he's not required, but he's trying to like hold off the regulate U.S. regulators um, because, you know, there are Americans in there, obviously have been. um, And, you know, so he's trying to find a way. But, you know, it's not like we should expect him to to set up a bunch of audited financials for a review. It's a private company. Right. 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 I mean, he doesn't really have to do that. No, look, I mean, I think from a marketing perspective. Yeah, I think from a marketing perspective, he should do more, right? You know, at least show the liabilities in general terms and and make sure that, you know, people feel a little more comfortable. But that's up to him. Like you said, he's a private company. He can decide whether his business thrives or not. Um, There have been 1.9 billion in withdrawals, which is, you know, a significant number, but they have uh, pretty regular withdrawals in the hundreds of millions on a daily basis. So um, it's more than normal, I guess, but not uh, catastrophic. But um, when I tweeted about this, um, Plutarchos, Plutarchos NFT mm-hmm. uh, replied to me with a, with a good point. He said, if the customer funds are whole, it shall pass in a couple of days. If not, then it is not FUD. It is a real stress test in order to see the outcome. And look, I think that the idea of it being a stress test is okay, valid. Um, but at the same time, I don't think the ecosystem can take it right now. Like a mad bank run on Binance and a collapse of some kind would would put a level of devastation into crypto right now that we can't afford. And well, I think it, that's the, drive would be the death. Yeah, that's part but, of the Reuters article yesterday at DOJ. How that's what they're talking about. If we do this now, it kills it. So that's the debate um, in my mind. But look, you know, um, if someone wants to break it. It's going to be on the BNB level. And it, so as long as people pay attention to liquidation clusters around BNB, you know, where are all the shorts? Um, I would watch those numbers. And if that starts going up like five, six X, you know, in, in waiting to, to put a pressure on it, you know, then I would say, yeah, somebody is attacking it. But yeah, and it, know, that could be just, well it. Yeah, but people are just bad-mouthing and saying, take it out. Look, if you want to take it out, take it out. I personally don't think you're going to lose it at, at Binance, personal opinion, because he's bailed out every hack they've ever had, less than five, I believe, or, or right. mistakes, Bridges. He bails them out. So, you know, I just don't see it being a huge issue for Binance. I think people are pissed at him. You know, BTC Maxis do their pissed at everybody routine. But, you know, the people that were SPF people, you know, they are pissed at him because he took out SPF. So did he know that SBF took out, you know, one of the other ones, Terra or the other one? I don't know if he knows that or he knew it then, but he saw shenanigans. And he decided to exit from CZ and exit from that show by selling his holdings. Yeah. Um, look, and I, I see people being mad at him. I, I see people being mad at him if they if they truly believe he intentionally brought down FTX because um, then they lose their funds. But that was a house of cards that was going to fall eventually. Anyway. Yeah, look, FTX is already proven. I mean, they were dipping in the customer funds at the beginning. They've yeah. already proven it was a total mess. And the Alameda stuff I was looking at today, that there was like an $8 billion sub wallet of like Alameda's trading account that was negative, a negative 8B. And so they moved it into another account that was kind of the equivalent of, um, what do we have that one general account for uh what fund uh slush fund <laughs> it was something like that and they just hid eight billion in losses on that alameda account out of the gate yeah so he was going to kill himself no matter yeah. what and Niblet's, it seemed it moved it on that i don't have a problem with that i yeah, kind of don't want to there Niblet says i think there's a lot of hate and fear and there's churn in the water right now probably a lot of people are looking to attract attention by stirring it more i agree it's attention seeking for a lot of them uh, Euphoric says it's ironic that trolls are using Twitter to fund Binance, considering CZ's investment in Twitter. Yeah, that's absolutely Good point, true. Eamon says the fact that there are still 7% of the entire market cap on deposit at a centralized exchange is mind-blowing. People don't learn to take custody of their stuff ever. Ha ha. I, I think there's a couple of things here. First, people that are active traders, um, you cannot get, um, you know, if you're an active day trader, you you there is nowhere for you to trade off of a centralized exchange right now. We're just not there yet, except for like gains or synthetics exchanges in DeFi. Um, you cannot actually trade the, the the tokens themselves, except for one that's database backed for it to be fast enough for prices to keep up. But um, I think that'll change. And I think we're gonna progress further and absolutely people need to um, c- 
control their own assets and get them off exchange if they're just sitting idle. Put on what you want to trade and come off with the rest. But the other uh, the other side of that is is that we still don't make it easy enough um, for that self custody process to happen for the average Joe. Right? I mean, I was thinking about this the other day, Joe. You know, we talk about all the time the first time we like put something in a DeFi protocol. I, you know, I'm thinking about the things I thought about when I first got in here. Like uh, Bitcoin has too many fucking decimal points, uh, digits. Um, what what the hell is a hardware wallet? Um, much less setting up a fucking MetaMask wallet first. I mean, RPCs, RPCs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is not something that we make easy to do. And we may never be able to make it completely easy to do, but we, we, we certainly need to make progress on that. So, yeah, no, it's, um, you know, look, that's what I like about that new ledger wallet, device based wallet. You know, that's that can make it easier, but you still, the user has to buy the device. Yep. So yep. if you could put that on the phone, maybe, you know, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, I know no, you're talking about that. Yeah. No, that's good. No, I agree. Uh, Niblet says, Eamon, I was just about to say that 7% of an entire industry in cold storage with a single private holder, mind blowing indeed. Yeah, it is astounding that there's 62 billion uh, in cold wallets for them. Um, at the same time, you know, they have built a level of trust. Who knows? Uh, but look, look, one other point too that amount of money. Remember, this was founded in Shanghai. And um, and then, you know, over the after that, whatever um Shanghai put or China put in the crypto ban. But yet, you know, CZ's never in trouble with the China. I mean, at one time I remember hearing something, well, that might have been Justin Sun, but I haven't heard of CZ ever having issues with the Chinese government. So I wonder if, you know, a lot of high, ultra high net worth Chinese have money in, um, mm. you know, crypto in uh, Binance. I mean, makes it sense. would make sense. Yeah, I mean, totally. It would, it would make total sense. So if yeah. you were like a high ranking government official um, and, you know, you want, you know, the rule is you can't have crypto. Well, you put it in Binance and it's not in China. Do you have crypto? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm just thinking of human nature and, you know, just trying to connect some dots. But, you know, I would suspect a lot of that is money. That's, what I'm saying, it's money that's not going to move. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay. I agree. So that's another thing to think about when you're thinking, does Binance go under or not? Yeah. And it's not. Yeah, no, I, listen, I thought I Plutarch's that's fruit... age as well, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, look, I think Plutarch um, uh, making the comment that it's a stress test it, it, is valid. Right. Um, and then I, after I read that comment, I saw this tweet thread from CZ. Um, you know, he's basically saying, look, from, from day one of the exchange five years ago, there was sponsored FUD by a large exchange, which is now very small. Is that um, Coinbase? Are, huh? Was that Coinbase or? Uh, he, does, uh, he doesn't say, but it, maybe or, it's uh, OKX or Polynex or something. Okay. Um, and they says articles that were written that said, why ban it by ICO will fail. Uh, CZ can't write code, et cetera, et cetera. He said, we were a new startup, not able to reach all the media outlets. This competitor helped us to get the word out. I had many inquiries like, Hey, just read about you. The article is negative, but it's obviously an attack. So I want to invest in you. Since then, there was hardly been a week going by without some FUD. We learned the ability to ignore them and keep building. We thank you all for your support over the years, and let's continue to build together. I just kind of wonder if CZ is sitting back saying, yeah, you know what? You guys take your best shot. Fuck it. Let's see what happens, right? And um, because here's the, here's the other side of this. If there are massive withdrawals continuing for the next few days, and there's not even a squeak on the exchange, and nothing bad happens, now what does Binance look like? Right now, now, yeah, now the brand is like fucking unbeatable. Well, um, he's so. actually got a few things going for him. And when you think about it, more than the obvious in that what there's some kind of a dilemma, I don't know if it's hostage dilemma or what, but, you know, it's like, you know, it's the pull the pin on the grenade dilemma and hold it. If they take you out, you're taking them out, too, right. because if everybody comes after it, it's going to just if you think. FTX was a shit show. Oh, please. I mean, this is going to rip right through Wall Street. Yeah. And totally. right through London. So yeah. it ain't, it, they're going to put the wall up here and stop the, yep. the attack right at this point. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Um, all right. That was, oh, this was the breakdown of what's in the cold storage, just if anybody's curious 30 billion no. in stables, 
10 billion in BTC, 6 billion in ETH. Oh, it was 6 billion in BNB. Sorry. So uh, mm-hmm. make that uh, six, uh, 56 billion without BNB. 9 billion in random mid low cap shit coins uh, and 200 million in sand, 700 million in Sheeb. Uh, and he can't find the Doge wallets though. So somebody took the spreadsheet and broke it all out to give you what's in the cold wallet. So he's seeing the actual holdings. Okay. Because I was concerned about mark to market issues. Like I what sometimes, you know, you can pull some tricks where, you know, like if, um, you know, you put in BTC at 50, if you have certain accounting rule treatments that allow you to carry it, it's valued at 50 still. Um, when we know it's I see not what you're saying. No, so that's, that's the actual he's, he's looking at the wallets. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, look, I mean, $30 billion in stables, right? And everybody likes to to comment about BUSD, but it's a fucking PAX-backed system. It's not, there's a regulated stablecoin provider like uh, like USDC. Right. Isn't there something else going on there with the stables? Aren't they like migrating people out of Tether? And, no, no, that's Coinbase. I'm sorry, that's Coinbase. No, no, no. Uh, no, Binance is doing uh, on trades they have moved to um, all the pairs being BUSD instead of USDT or USDC. You can still cash out with USDC or USDT or withdraw, but the trading pairs are, from what I understand, have moved to BUSD pairs, which is a smart strategy for them. It's yeah, their, that's their what market, I would do. Right? So, yeah, exactly. Um, Eamon said, two true nibbles of all the operators. I've got the most faith in the CZ. He seems to actually understand how the space works and what it takes to survive. That's how I feel, too. Again, Rashawn, if he actually is listening, I I don't treat him as a hero. I just think he's a smart businessman. And so far, I've not seen anything out of him that makes me say, holy shit, I can't trust this guy. Now, should we decentralize? Should people get off the exchanges? Absolutely. If you're not day trading and you know, and you don't need all of your money in there, put it in a fucking wallet, go on the internet and find the best way to do it and get it done. Right. Protect yourself because anything could happen. But right now, um, I think that's probably the only, yeah, look, the, the basic central exchange trade or, you know, procedures are you move it in, you make your trades, you move it off. Right. That's it. Right. Um, if you leave it there, you're leaving it at, you know, more risk than if it's sitting in, you know, you're, if you're smart, if it's sitting in any of your other wallets, you know, exactly. Hot or cold. exactly. Um, so that's the only reason, unless you're getting yield or something. But, you know, people were used to here in the US, you know, looking at a stockbroker sheet or whatever statement. And, um, you know, it just kind of shows it all there. And so we kind of like that convenience, that, that dashboardy feel that they're presenting to you of all the listings. Yep. And so you get lazy. That's right. And, you know, you leave it. I remember when I had piled some up over there on Binance and, you know, in about 24 different positions and it was, you know, everything kept going up. It was just, you know, one of those great times when it just, you know, every time you woke up at three, there was a 40% gain or something. <laughs> but I started like just sweating bullets and to get it all off, you uh, know, it took me like an hour, Yeah, yeah. you know, to basically convert it all and move it all off of the exchange. But, you know, until I did that, I was like always sweating bullets. It could go to zero because, you know, I got crushed in the Cryptopia thing. So not crushed, but, you know, yeah. hit in the Cryptopia. Yeah. So that scares me. Yeah. But, you know. Did they ever find out what the fuck actually happened with Cryptopia? I mean, nah, I don't know. I've never heard anybody wrap that story up. Like It was hacked by somebody, I think, right? Yeah. I, I, and I thought yeah. it was one of the original developers, maybe, because then they were, have, yeah, like, there were accusations about it being an inside job, yeah. and uh, I don't know. Well, so to make you sweat a little more, this news is interesting. Not even uh, air-gapped uh, PCs are safe anymore. Uh, like you know, you buy a PC, it's never been online, never uh, touched the internet. Um, well, air-gapped v- PCs are now vulnerable to data theft via power supply radiation. Mm. So- so even, even if you've, if somebody gets within two meters of you, uh, they can use electromagnetic waves to transmit data from air-gapped systems. So now you know what's going on in all those, uh, when you're going through a Chinese airport and you're walking through cu- customs, now you know what's happening to every device going through there. I mean, really. I would have no doubt. I don't think you're doing this exactly, but so is this article, I haven't read it. Is this article saying then that the power usage in a device is generating a frequency that these guys are able to pick up and decode the data from it? 
Uh, it can work over a distance of at least 2.5 meters and it's captured by a receiver. The information is isolated device can be picked up by a nearby smartphone or laptop, even if a wall separates the two. It's called the COVID bit attack. It was developed by a university researcher, Mordecai Guri, who has designed multiple methods to seal sensitive data from air gap systems stealthily. I hope he doesn't fucking release the work. Um, physically, air gap systems are found in high-risk environments, energy infrastructure, government weapon control units. For a successful attack on such systems, a rogue insider, blah, right. blah, blah. Yeah, that's malware. important. No, no. So it sounds like you have to physically put it on a device. Rogue insider, an opportunity to must first plant custom-made malware on the target computers through physical access to the air gap device or network. Well, how would it be a network if it was air gapped? Uh, air gap network, like a closed network or maybe five devices. No, I, I, I don't think that would count as air gapped. Uh, okay, here it is to transmit the data in the COVID. Yeah. So you would have to physically get access to the device and put it on. Okay. okay. Researchers created a malware program that regulates the CPU, CPU load and core frequency in a particular manner to make the power supplies on air-gapped computers emanate electromagnetic radiation on a low-frequency band, band. The primary source of electromagnetic radiation is SMPS is because of their internal design and switching characteristics, yada, 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 yada. The next is interesting. Next two sentences. Read the next two. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Uh, the primary uh, in the conversion from AC to DC, AC DC to DC DC, the MOSFET switching components turning on or off at specific frequencies creates a square wave. Yeah. The electromagnetic wave can carry a payload of raw data following a strain of eight bits that signify the beginning of the transmission. So the idea was if you can get physical access to it, install the malware on it, you may not be able to actually take data from the machine, but you can then have a device within 6.5 meters of the machine that can. Um, take the data that would be transmitted via radioactive, uh, radioactive crazy shit, man. signals. Yeah, it's crazy. Because um, I know that there's a, you know, this is pretty regularly known, but, you know, you can use, para I remember back in the day, you could use, so this was years ago, so I know it's a lot worse. You'd use parabolic reflectors, and, you know, I don't know if you know it, but when you, yeah, there we go, Chuck said. Yeah, it. So Ch Chuck said, it's this is clickbait. It requires physical access. Yeah. So whenever you type on a keyboard, you're emitting a frequency with each keystroke. Yeah. And so, you know, you can basically set up parabolic reflectors and aim them at office windows. And you can pick up what's being typed on the computer from the frequency waves going through the glass of the window. All uh, right. The vibrations. So it's sound, what I think is cool about that is that that square wave coming off of that power, it's somehow they're putting a payload into that of some kind. Yeah. A thing, which is, you know, I mean, I'm guessing these are Israeli guys because they're like, you know, super shrewd on that kind of stuff. So Chuck says this was the plot MacGuffin in Neil Stevenson's Krypton, Kryptonomicon. <laughs> they just built it for real. All right. Well, that's a, that's a, that's an, I haven't reference. seen that. Have you? I, I don't know if that's a book or a movie. Sounds like a book. Uh, da, 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 da. So, hey, man, you still watching Peripheral? Uh, I, my, my son and I haven't been able – I won't watch it without him, and we haven't been able yeah. to sit down and watch him because of uh, his school load right now. The, uh, the teachers yeah. are, all, are all piling on the work before the holidays. You know, mm. they, they make it seem like they're doing you a favor. I'm not going to give you work over the holidays. It's a fucking holiday. But bring your sleeping bag. So I'm going to make you do extra work before the holidays. Yeah. 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 Niblet says days in government systems in a telecom can confirm that keystroke can be read remotely from the wire form keyboard to computer. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Wow. That's crazy. Okay. Well, this is a little bit nuts. Um, some fucking Bitcoiner implanted a lightning chip so he could make BTC payments by hand. In his hand? Physically in his hand? Physically. At a an NFC payment chip. <laughs> there it is. You just put it in his head, man. And yeah. you could just like headbutt the terminal. Look look at it. There it is right there in the picture. You know, look, I mean, it is kind of an interesting idea. You know, if you I mean, you know, the other there's other applications for that kind of stuff. Um, chip implantation, of course, but if this had like private keys or something like that in it or i mean it doesn't i guess have to be in you but you know if there's some way to oh go ahead uh what's Eamon saying i just said 
Cryptonomicon is a great book. Neil Stevenson does some cool stuff. I didn't realize Neil Stevenson was Snow Crash because I'm. Oh, uh, I didn't either. Yeah, yeah, but but that's that the, he coined the term metaverse. So, Eamon, thank you for the education. Appreciate it. But look, a, th- a device like this could be like you know you think of a biological proof of identity. You know, something in your DNA data or cellular data that unlocks your devices, and you know, I guess could have seed phrases and wallets and things like that. Um, you know. That's a bit of a stretch for a while. <laughs> you know, how do you do that? Um, isometric, you know, I mean, I stuff could do it. Yeah. But I like the idea of having some kind of a distant proximity thing that um, turns everything on and off for you because it's seamless. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure the shit could be hacked or something like that. But, um, you know, maybe that's something in your little like, you know, Fitbit watch or your Apple smartwatch or something, you know, yeah, that does the same thing. I don't know. Can you see the little lump in his hand in the picture? He, this is the second one. The first one was a bad chip. He had to do it twice. Where is he in Sal Salvador? Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. Okay, now. No, I that's can... when he was there visiting. I don't know where he's from. He says it's not a good idea to take the chip in and out of the body. He just happened to install a bad chip. It's like, dude, did you fucking test the chip before you inserted it into your hand? Yeah, that's a little too hardcore, man. I still trust my ability to memorize stuff. <laughs> it's like, but maybe yeah. you're a bunch of seniors. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. What is she doing? I have no idea. Oh, oh she's, she's got a, a she's got an NFC chip in her socks. That little <laughs> that little man tickling the girl. That's yeah, yeah. Great. That's a scary. Great. <laughs> That's going to play well. I mean, that's going to probably put you in jail in 20 years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, it's signaled intense. So signaled this, intense. Is, this is not crypto related, but I fucking love this idea. This guy has started a company called Do Not Pay to use GPT-3 um, to so you don't have to hire an attorney to get out of your speak, speak, uh, your speeding tickets. Uh, so they are looking for volunteers that have an upcoming, uh, ticket court hearing. They'll pay the ticket if you lose, but they're going to make GPT three, uh, come through your AirPods and give you legal advice as you're negotiating or discussing with the judge to try to get your ticket dismissed. I mean, why not? You know, I love I all the AI, it. like the, you know, somebody talking into your, giving, like when you're standing there talking and somebody's having a conversation. If you didn't even have to ask, and it would just be listening to the conversations and then give you like, you know, maybe they're talking about Monet and it would be like, oh, yeah, you know, that painting, you know, Paul Neuf, and it would just pull in like three things for you to say. Yeah. For like cocktail party squabble or, or whatever. But, you know, I use the um, who are the guys that the ticket fixer dudes around here? Um, um, uh, ticket clinic. Yeah, I use them. I mean, it usually takes years, but they do get them all. You know, one yeah. day the hungover judge and they throw a pack of 80 tickets in front of me. He's like, fuck it. You know, yeah. like, they got, yeah. they got a ticket for my wife dismissed, like yeah. not, not ticket clinic, but another one down here. And he was fantastic. We didn't have to do a fucking thing except send a credit card payment. It was yeah. Awesome. It was the same with the red light camera tickets. That's yeah, what yeah. I was using them for. Yeah, I think they nailed it those. Yeah. 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 That's what, that's what my wife got out of. So, all right, dude, that's all I got for today. Unless you have something. Else. Oh, uh, CPI. Holy shit. We didn't even. <laughs> Even touch on CPI. Tell me, yeah, what no, I mean, because I haven't been paying attention all day. You know, I beat expectations on both sides. I think it was, uh, I know that the core one was six, and I think the other one was 7.1. Um, but yeah, everybody's happy. Equities were popping. Let me take a double look real quick. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dow's up 400, NASDAQ's up three percent. Nikkei futures are holding up, but not as big as earlier. And, you know, BTC and ETH, I think BTC was up almost 5% and, and ETH was up about six and a half before the show. Um, so everything seems to be popping, nice. um, which why, of course, because it keeps reinforcing, um, you know, whatever people are calling the pivot. Some people think it's when you stop raising as fast that it's a pivot. To me, it's always if you start cutting as a pivot. Yeah. Um, but I think what we're trying to see here is... Um, the Fed, I can't remember when, well, that, you know, is it a 25, 50 points hike or is it no hike? I think everybody's feeling like, okay, the end of the hiking is near. 
I don't know. It might be another half, 50, 75, because I know they want to get to a certain number. Um, but, you know, maybe they won't. Yeah. So, you know, to me, the big card right now is China. And, you know, now that they are unlocked, um, supposedly the I tweeted about this, but supposedly the, you know, the virus is just ripping through Beijing right now. Well, I will tell you, though, I talked to someone in China last night. No, yesterday morning. Yeah. And they are so fucking happy. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. They're, he's like, he's like, you have no idea how friggin happy everyone in this country is right now. It's well, look like, at the big. Yeah. But look at the pictures of like Beijing. Nobody's out. You know, they're all yeah. self quarantining now, which is, you know, that's what you want people to. I mean, you know, you got to have some limited stuff sometimes if it's going crazy. But um, so to me, the question is, uh, you know, when do those cash flows and that purchasing power come back online fully? And, you know, just like here where we were just everybody's piled up savings, not everybody, but it seems like there's a lot more savings out there than there were before the pandemic or just barely under it. Um, and people want to spend there. It's going to be the same thing. So the question is, how much does it rip through Beijing or not? Does a new variant emerge, you know, which is kind of the one thing that worries me. But the good news is that I think good news is that they're going to let it rip. So, yeah. you know, we'll see what happens in the hospitals, what the body count looks like. It's probably going to be high, but I yeah. think they have to do it because they haven't done what we did. You know, they they didn't they haven't been exposed to it like all of us have now. You know, so we have herd immunity. You know, our risk is another variant. Um, they don't have it. So right. when this rips, you know, it's going to be the kind of the thing at the very beginning when here, when everybody was anti, uh, you know, was saying, just let it rip. I remember one particular White House advisor was saying that, but the hospitals are already full and the problem would have been it just overwhelmed the hospitals. And, you yeah, know, it would have been devastating. Well, it was. I mean, there were people dying from heart attacks outside of the fucking hospitals because they couldn't get a bed. So it's not like, you know, we didn't have that impact. Here yeah. Too, well, so. China's got four beds per 100,000 people. So, right. you know, you could see that this could be a uh, constraint problem. And we'll see how it plays out. But I think, you know, look, it's the only choice they have at this point. What's Chi going to do? Like, everybody locked down for a year? It's not going right. to happen. Niblitz wants to know what's the impact on crypto DeFi if inflation turns out to be transitory? What if secular? Um, I think, well, look, I think to me, inflation is transitory. It always is. I mean, unless you're out of control, let's say not picking on the Argentines, but let's say if you're somewhere where it's just, you know, always going up crazily, um, you know, then that's not transitory. Um, it right. would be, you know, in a longer timeline, you know, it would be transitory. So to me, um, I think that the targets are like to get to like 2% inflation, but I think three or four is okay. I mean, right. I think the pre, um, pre.com average, uh, T bill rate was 6% and it's at four right now. No, but that was actually 10 year yield. I believe was at six. Um, right now I think 10 year yields at three and a half. Um, so I think the main effects on niblets are on, you know, how does it drive the Fed to react to it? What is the Fed's response to it? So when inflation goes up, yes, Fed is going to uh, raise rates to slow the economy down. Um, and if we go by traditional things with crypto, crypto being risk on, you know, people aren't going to be, there's no extra money. So right. discretionary money, you know, is, is not going to flow in. Um, so I think that's the issue. If inflation is secular, then I think it's a, you know, a moot point because I think it on um, both sides to make it secular, both sides have to be neutral. So, right. um, you know, it's, I, mean, I think you're talking about like a constant number, basically. Um, I don't think that affects it at all, just because it doesn't cause an event that we then react to. Um, hope that helps. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to close out the show with a beautifully aged tweet by Elon Musk from yep. November 13th. Uh, showing his right-wing shill and conspiracy theory embracing. SBF was a major dem... Huh? It, do you think that he's just nuts? Or do you think he really believes all this stuff? Or do you think I, he's doing it for attention and narcissism? Or what What do you think? I mean, I just find his behavior erratic. I don't know. He's lost uh, how much money in Tesla value? Uh, well, he's lost $35 billion on Twitter already. Yeah. Um, um, you know... I, I think he's a fucking lunatic. Yeah. Um, 
Um, I, I think he's doing it for attention. I think he, you know, got stuck in the YouTube fucking algo uh, that from watching a couple of conservatives. Um, and I think he's a fucking nut job. I think Teal and Sachs, you know, have manipulated him too. Um, cause those guys, you know, they want no democracy. They want a dictatorship in this country. And so, you know, I, I, I think it's all that, but well, you, know, you know, he went from what you could truly call a moderate or a left leaning moderate to extreme right in inside of like no more than a year, maybe year and a half. Right. Um, with, you know, an entire company whose mission is to save the fucking planet. Um, and he has gone from that to, I mean, he's on the same path as fucking Kanye, just not quite as deranged sounding. Um, just, you know, going to the, the buyers he's every day, he's trying to insult the entire segment of the population that has paid for and made Tesla what it is. So, you know, that's not exactly sane. Well, I want to go because look to your point, you know, I think, as we've talked about this before, um, with sort of genius inventor types, and let's say they're sort of neuroscience composition, okay, that they are suggestible in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. And I just feel like you that somehow whoever's around him now or who he's hanging with is, you know, somehow gotten his attention. And maybe he's in a loop and that's all he's hearing, but he's too smart to be going down. That's why I was curious if you thought it was just a marketing thing or something, because I mean, just this tweet right here, it doesn't make any sense Yeah, just on her loan. I mean, well, he wasn't a major, he was a major Republican donor too. You know? Well, People I think in fairness, fairness, I think at the time it wasn't known yet that he had done all his Republican donations and dark oh. money. So uh, I'll give him that benefit of the doubt. Okay. But so, but that's just... how you play the DT game. You play both sides of the aisle with money. Yeah. It's this is just a stupid thing to tweet unless you're full down the fucking conspiracy right wing rabbit hole, right? I mean, it's just stupid. Like it's just a stupid. It means well, you're look, so you disconnected know, from the real world that you're willing to say stupid shit like this. Well, you know, when you talk about that, you know, it's 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 like where they try to. It seems to me when you're trying to where they're trying to go is to say like that there's this little cabal of like two or three people calling the shots for everything, and it's just. Not that way. It doesn't you work. Know, those conspiracies, do you know how many millions of people would have to be in on that conspiracy and that none like are going to talk? It's just like the election conspiracy. Yeah. It's like, are you fucking nuts? Have you ever watched the Democratic Party try to accomplish fucking anything? It's a sausage factory, man. God. It's what, what Will Rogers always say. I'm, I'm, I'm not a member of any organized party. I'm a Democrat. Give me a break, people. Just give me a fucking break. It's like um, that w, was it W.C. Fields who said I would never join a club that was having me as a member or was that somebody member, else? Yeah, 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 no, yeah. I think that was Fields. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. So anyhow, go ahead, buddy. Great day. Everybody have a lovely day. Niblets, Chuck, Amen, Euphoric. Thank you so much for participating today. I love chatting with you guys. Uh, I love your opinions and thoughts and ideas. Um, it is always welcome. If you're just listening on the podcast, by the way, the Elon Musk quote was SBF was a major Dem donor. So no. Join us, man. Come discuss. Don't, uh, don't hang around and not take part in, in what's going on here. Cause we have a lot of fun together. So please join us. If you like what we're doing, uh, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to the podcast. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up today and uh, subscribe and turn on the uh, click the little bell so you get alerts when the new episode uh, comes out. Niblet says the red pill, apparently. I hope everyone has a fantastic afternoon. Joe, I hope you have a great day. And, uh, you know, adios. Yeah, look, man, good news. Everything's going up right now. I mean, all the fu all the media stuff is going to drag you down. Yeah, I wouldn't even watch it, to be honest. Just focus on your projects. Focus on building new tech if that's what you're doing. The money is still there for good stuff. And focus on decentralization. I mean, that's what we all say. And then we drift towards centralized to, you know, fit into everybody's boxes. We don't need lazy. to do that. Yeah. Hmm? And well, lazy. It's yeah, easier. and lazy. Yeah. yeah, it's easier to get the money. Yeah. But, you know, I think we ought to, like, one of the things, you know, 
somebody just do an UBI protocol, a basic one that can run on its own organically in the wild. And let's turn it fucking loose. I let's like do it. stuff like that. I um, love it. That's why I'm so excited about when I look at Geist, it always gets me because there's no governance. There's nothing there. I think. Yeah, yeah. That's what they're saying. <laughs> um, but you know, you didn't like, run through the smart contracts, Joe. No, no, I need other people for that. Oh, uh, okay. But the, but the point is that you know this is a speed bump, like everything else. And media is gonna, you know, it's big numbers. What eight billion, eight hundred billion, four billion? I don't know. It's a bit, it's numbers, but it's probably going to turn out to only be a couple of B in 10 years because the prices will all recover and everybody like, oh, if they didn't drop, it wouldn't happen. So keep doing what you're doing and don't like fold the tent now, but don't take stupid moves. Look for good stuff. That's right. Be safe. All right. Have a great one, buddy. See you guys tomorrow. Talk See to you later, everybody. Brad.